Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, good morning. Uh, I'd like to start out this morning um, with the information that is most important, and that is the status of the victim in yesterday's shooting. Uh, we cannot release the victim's name at this time. We are still uh, in the process of, of obtaining a formal statement from him. Uh, we hope to have that statement uh, later today. So, you know, we cannot release uh, the name or the, uh, make the identity of a witness known. I can tell you he's a 53-year-old resident of Cheektowaga and that we can confirm that he was hit by a single shot of gunfire. Miraculously, this wound was minor in nature. He was released from the hospital last night and he is now home with family. So that's the good news. I can also now confirm reports that we did, in fact, have a couple civilian heroes yesterday who played a crucial role in stopping the attack and assisting in the apprehension. I hope to meet with these brave citizens later today and thank them for their actions. There is no question these individuals saved lives yesterday. They are heroes. I can't release their names at this time until I receive their permission. Their identities will become known soon, and they deserve our community's gratitude. Travis Green was arraigned in town court this morning. He has been charged with attempted murder in the second degree, B felony, criminal use of a firearm, first degree, B felony, reckless endangerment in the first degree, a D felony, assault in the second degree, a D felony, unlawfully wearing body armor, that's an E felony, and resisting arrest, which is an A misdemeanor. Further charges related to the New York State Safe Act are being researched. He is now being held without bail. Green has had previous contact with the Cheektowaga Police Department. All of these incidents were very minor in nature. His last known contact with us was in 2013. He was not someone we were familiar with or that we had repeated encounters with. As of yet, we have still not established motives for his actions. However, I believe we would be safe in ruling out terrorism. The FBI is currently researching his background, so of course that may change. A total of 20 spent casings have been recovered from the scene thus far. 850 additional live rounds were, re were recovered from the vehicle and loaded magazines. The ATF is currently researching the background of the weapons recovered. Yesterday I stated we felt additional weapons may have been in the, in the uh, vehicle Green was believed to be operating. There were none. Green was injured yesterday. His injuries were also minor in nature, and we still are not certain whether they occurred prior to or during 
his apprehension. There was a video recorded of the incident itself and the aftermath. Obviously, we can't show any video that would jeopardize the integrity of the investigation, but I do we believe we have some live uh, shots yesterday from an in-car camera um, that show the actual apprehension, so we will play those for you. Uh, this is, again, taken from one of our in-car cameras, and it shows the assailant being taken down and apprehended by Chief DeWaga Police. That uh, athletic, uh, rather ad, uh, agile individual that was Lieutenant uh, Tony Filipski who uh, affected the arrest. Uh, at this time, I guess I can take any questions you guys have. You mentioned some minor interactions with him in the past, the most recent being in 2013. Traffic related. Okay. Traffic related. Okay. Can you tell us, sir, what uh, you mentioned these people, the civilians that acted heroically. Specifically, what did they do, sir? Uh, they intervened. They reacted. I, I still, we're, we're still getting some official statements. They were instrumental in stopping the firing. They, they encountered, they addressed him and took physical action uh, towards him. I, I can't get into all the details right now because we're still waiting for some official statements on that. But they definitely intervened and stopped the threat. I understand you can't, you don't have yeah. all the information, but there are reports out there that, that have been made public that they, they somehow used a car, maybe uh, hit this guy with a car. Uh, Captain Isbrough? Uh We can't confirm that he was struck by a car. There was uh, a civilian who did have a vehicle, uh, and he at some point approached him with his vehicle, got out, chased him around the building along with another individual until the police uh, arrived and took him into custody. And, and sir, I, I, just at the beginning you said you can confirm or can't confirm? I cannot. Cannot confirm. Right. Correct. We're going to meet with, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go meet with them personally later today. So you're saying the person with the car saw this man with two rifles or was he carrying a, a rifle at the time? He did observe part of the shooting that occurred in front of Dollar General um, and followed him with his car as the individual started running away. And got out of the car? Yes, he did. And what happened after? They chased him around the building where he uh, came up towards Union Road again, which is where our officers encountered him. Was he armed when he was apprehended by police? He was not, so no. Was it because of the civilian that he was unarmed? <coughs> we, we don't know whether the weapons were dropped or, you know, they, they took him away. We don't, we don't have that right, right this second. I know you said that you don't have a motive right now, but can you tell us if anyone he knew was inside the Dollar General or anyone he was related to? We're still, we're still going through the statements and, and talking to the witnesses. You know, there, there were numerous witnesses to interview. So, yeah, we have not. It, the, the, I would say right now the picture is becoming more clear, but I can't definitively say, you know, with 100% accuracy. So I want to avoid that at this time. But a, a picture is coming into play. Again, that's that's part of the overall picture. So we're we're still in the process. Again, you got to remember we're dealing with someone who uh, is not cooperating with us. Uh, we have witnesses, you know, who who are still, you know, just received treatment and been released. That you know, primary witnesses that we haven't yet been able to interview. So there's still, again, the picture is becoming more clear. 
but I really don't want to go that far just yet. It, it, can you tell us what you do know about the sequence of events yesterday? He, he drove up to the store? <laughs> there was definitely, you know, he definitely arrived in a motor vehicle. He had not been there very long and, you know, uh, and came out firing. So uh, he, he, he was not there for a significant period of time. There were, were, we know that there was some sort of conflict with a customer. We're still getting all the details with that. So there's a lot out there. Um, and we're just trying to verify the accuracy of it all at this time, which is not always the easiest thing to do. Do you know if he knew that customer? That we, we do not know that yet. Did he drive himself there? Yes, we believe he arrived by himself. There's no indication that anyone else was involved. And did he ever go in the store? He just stood outside the store and started firing? Uh, I, he wasn't said. Yeah, he did. He, he was inside the store at one point. With a weapon? No. No. Two AR-15s, 850, you said, live rounds recovered. That seems like a lot. How concerning is that, and how much worse could this have been? Oh, that, that's a lot. Uh, there's, no, there's no question. Uh, you know, I, I said yesterday we were, uh, <laughs> it's a miracle that, that I'm not up here reading off the names of deceased. Uh, this was just uh, an incredible encounter had it not been for these private citizens, had it not been for the rapid response of our officers, there's no telling where this would have gone. Obviously, you know, this individual was heavily armed, heavily equipped. He wore body armor. I think it's safe to assume that his intent was to do significant harm. And fortunately, we have brave citizens, we have brave police officers, and they interrupted that attack. Otherwise, I am certain, and I think it's fair to assume, that things could have gone a lot worse. You know, I, I said yesterday, these are the times we are living in, sadly. And, you know, you, you look at the actions of these private citizens, and you have to fight back. You have to fight back. You have to, you, you cannot wait to be rescued. These people were proactive. They saw a threat. I don't recommend <laughs> uh, engaging with someone with an AR-15 rifle. I certainly don't recommend that, but just incredible bravery on the part of these individuals. They were not going to be victims. They fought back, and they took this guy out. They put a stop to it, and uh, no words could describe their courage. Uh, in addition to, to our guys who, who were just as willing to run into the line of fire and uh, take this guy out, and that's exactly what we did. So we're, we're, we're proud of our officers. We're grateful to these citizens, and they will receive recognition from us uh, very soon. And like I say, I hope to meet with them later today and thank them personally. And like I say, you're, you'll know who they are soon enough. And uh, once I get the okay, we'll, we'll give you their names, and, and I'm sure you're going to want to talk to those folks. What was the extent of the body armor? Just the vest? Or? Yeah, it was uh, just a, yeah, your, your, a bulletproof vest. Standard. Should have got a full Yeah, we, we did issue a, a, a picture on that yesterday. Body armor charge speaks to his intent on what he was going to do? Well, I mean, uh, you know, you, it's, it's illegal to, to be wearing that. Uh, what's I did the exact scope of the charge? Uh, the exact specifications. When During the commission of a crime, wearing body armor is, is a crime. So, What kind of ammunition did he use and what kind of else did you find in the car? We did, 
We originally thought there may have been additional weapons in the car. There weren't. So we just had the two rifles at this time. And like I say, 850 additional live rounds. Do you have that one, two, two, three? They all appear to be 223. They appear to be 223, yeah. Was he the legal owner of these weapons? That's where the ATF comes in, and they do the background check on the weapons. So we don't know how those weapons were obtained, um, but the ATF does assist us with that. So we're, we're in the process. Have they given you an indication of how long that might take, that process? Um, it, it's generally not a long... If, if he's the registered owner, obviously it becomes easy. Um, but if they're, if they're from another source, you know, that'll take you know, more time. How old does the suspect? Uh, he had a shoulder laceration. So we don't know how that uh, occurred. I, I guess it was sewn up with a couple of stitches. Uh, so it was minor. And again, we don't know whether that incurred, you know, during the civilian encounter, whether it occurred when uh, Lieutenant Filipski took him down. We, we just don't know. No. We've seen a lot of uh, these things at the Galleria Mall. How often does the department undergo sort of an active shooter training? Uh, how often we are extraordinarily proactive with that. Uh, we run live shooter drills almost annually. We've run some of the largest drills in the county. We began our active shooter program. We were the first uh, in the county uh, right after Columbine. In fact, uh, I was one of the lead instructors at that time. So we have been on this for since Columbine. We've done live drills at our schools. We've done live drills at the mall um, in other locations. We've coordinated with other agencies. So we, uh, we have been preparing for an incident like this for a very, very long time. And I believe all that preparation certainly uh, came into play and paid off yesterday, including our dispatchers. I'm sure it's never exactly how you prepared for it, though. Each situation is unique, uh, you, there, you, but you know we're, we're trained to expect the unexpected. But we, you know, we don't wait. Our officers are trained. Our philosophy is end the attack, regardless of the risk to you personally. You're going in, and that's what happened. And uh, there was no hesitation. Uh, we were armed. We carry AR-15 rifles. You saw the officer, you know, immediately uh, take that, and he's running down the street with it. So we're ready to go. And, you know, our philosophy is we're going to take you out. And we did it. What does it mean that the officer tackled the suspect instead of using weapons? I think that is a testament to our training. Okay, they did not see this individual this individual never displayed a weapon to them uh had he i have no doubt he would not be here today they were never threatened with a weapon so they didn't react with a weapon they went hands-on i think that's an incredible testament to our training and our discipline they were not threatened they didn't react with use of force that i think a lot of people would have had no problem with. They did what they had to do, uh, and they performed extremely well. Discipline. Discipline and training. No. I'm sorry. Uh, we did go to uh, an additional address because of the investigation. We really can't. There, there was evidence recovered, but I cannot... Um, release that 
because of the integrity of the investigation. Can you say whether it was weapons? I, we, I don't want to talk about any evidence that was recovered. Yeah, they incredible. And and again, in all of our training and all of our drills, dispatch we where's Paul? How many times do we run uh active shooter scenarios with dispatch just we just, we just finished the tabletop active scenario. Yeah, uh we regularly, regularly. Uh they train Again, I, as I spoke yesterday, we have $6 general stores in town. So when someone calls up and says, you know, I got to shoot, we, someone's shooting at the Dollar General, they know, I mean, they instinctively know that there's many locations and immediately try to narrow it down uh, because obviously the caller is, is panicking and, uh, you, know, you know, not giving out, going to be as, as forthcoming with the information because uh, they're under an extreme amount of stress. And for the dispatchers to be able to uh, sort through that information, narrow down the location, and get our cars going in the right direction, once again, they're prepared, they're well-trained, and they perform extremely well under stress. Is there a way to confuse who the suspect was and who the victim was? I don't believe so. The... the uh, there were witnesses at the scene who were pointing in the direction of the individual Lieutenant Filipski uh, took down. So I, I think we pretty much knew who it was, uh, Lieutenant. And uh, yeah, there was little doubt. Can you explain Chief Tawaga Police's involvement in uh, just securing the local school? Uh, that was uh, West Seneca, I believe. Yeah, that was that district was in West Seneca, and yeah, they went into uh, their lockdown procedures immediately but you'd have to talk to them. Chief, part of this? You mentioned safe to act charges. Can you kind of elaborate on what, what this gentleman could be facing under the safe act? Fortunately, I brought Lieutenant Gerace here, who is an expert on the New York safe act, because I am certainly not. So, uh, Lieutenant, I, in a thousand words or less, could you? I just received some information that the weapon used appears to be a pump-action rifle versus a semi-automatic, which would change its status under the New York State SAFE Act that was just discovered by our, our layout personnel. Um, I can say that looking at the weapon in the car, it appears to be SAFE Act compliant. However, there was a vertical foregrip or a side grip attached to it, which would make that in violation of the New York State SAFE Act to possess. There's only, certain, only so many features that a, a rifle can have such as bayonet lugs, flash suppressors, things like that, that would make it a violation of the safe act or not. Do you know if he owned those weapons? And if, uh, because of the type they were, he had registered on That's That's what the, uh, that's the part ATF. of the research that, that we're doing now with the ATF is, is determining, you know, how he came uh, to, to be in possession of these weapons. So that's still ongoing where we're trying to figure that out. So, so would it appear both were not safe act compliant? Both? At, at first, at first glance, they both appear to be safe act non-compliance. However, the one being used, I was just informed, is a pump action weapon instead of a semi-automatic. So that would change its status as a safe act violation. We're going to have to we'll have to research, take a look at the weapons, and research the sections of law a little more. That's when he actually fired the pump action. It appears to be so at this point. Pump action, the shotgun. Well, it it operates like a pump action shotgun. The, apparently, the the front end of the weapon is what ejects and inserts the next round out of the magazine. Would that have to be modified by him or someone, or he buy like that? Um, I, yeah, it would have to be purchased like that. 
Chief, how far did the suspect make it before you guys were able to apprehend him, and where specifically is he taken down in this video? Uh, that would have, it's probably the, from the roadside to uh, the Dollar General store the, to the front entrance, it's probably like three, four hundred feet. And I would estimate, Tony, maybe a hundred yards down, 200 yards down from the, the actual store. Yes, yes, on Union Road. Yes. Traffic offenses, mostly. Uh, I, I believe we may have had a domestic uh, incident involving him as well, but no criminal charges. Do you think that the Dollar General was his destination, ultimately? I mean, he had 850 rounds in a store that had two or three people in it. You know, it, right now, because the motive is so difficult, and again, you know, he, he's not cooperating, so trying to figure out what the intent was is, uh, but again, you know, when some outfitted the way he was, uh, it's safe to assume that he, he was intent on doing some damage and, and taking lives. So, I, again, the, the motive is, is very difficult to, to establish right now. I know the department's policy is not to comment on domestic situations. His mom, Viola, said that his wife and he were undergoing a divorce, a separation. Was that domestic incident where your troops responded, was that recent? I can't, because of the nature of the investigation, we don't want to jeopardize the integrity, and we're still trying to put, as I said, uh, the, the picture's becoming more clear, but for me to confirm a detail like that right now uh, would be imprudent for me to do that. So I, I'm, I'm going to refrain from doing that right now. Was there anything in his background that you were aware of that would have prevented him from owning weapons in general? Uh, that's part of the ongoing investigation. and. Again, last night, a lot of witnesses to talk to. That's, that's first. The weapon is, is next. And, you know, so, yeah, all that is going to be looked into thoroughly. Thoroughly. How long did it take for officers to arrive on the scene, and how long did this whole thing before? Less than four minutes from the time the call was received. That's our closest estimation. Uh, we did... Um, there's a lot that goes into that. I won't go into it, but we look. It looks like we were there within four four minutes of the call being received. Uh, Lieutenant, I will let you speak. How long did it take from the time you got on scene to the takedown? I mean, just a matter of seconds. Yeah, it was, it was a short time. Very short time. You mentioned yesterday about the dispatcher's confusion with the six dollar generals. There's other stores in town. Has the department looked at ways to improving communication? All part of all part of the uh, of you know when you debrief these things later you know you you have these unanticipated circumstances and quite frankly that's something we never thought of before and uh, but the dispatcher was ready and the dispatcher was prepared and didn't panic didn't become confused and you know figured it out you know you adapt you overcome uh, you're always going to be thrown a curveball and you don't know what that's going to be. But uh, she hit it out of the park. How prepared do you think area businesses are for a situation like this? Uh, hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, clearly, the guys who intervened, who worked at an establishment close by, were ready. Uh, I don't know how prepared they were, but uh, but they were ready. Certainly, 
corporate America companies, you know, are, are taking into a, this into account now and developing safety plans. We, um, Galleria Mall, for instance, runs annual drills, lockdown drills for this tor- type of thing. But I think it's the responsibility of anyone who owns a business, anyone who's got employees on premise or the public who enters, to, to be prepared. Uh, again, sadly, these, these are the times we live in, and preparation is key. And, uh, you know, you, you have to protect your employees, you have to protect your customers. Is it legal, would it be legal to hunt him with those guns? Is that uh, a hunting rifle? Uh, you can hunt with two two three caliber, certain. With, with the AR-15s? Or? Uh, as long as the caliber is legal for the game you're hunting, there's really no other okay. law about no. okay. the brand of a weapon that you're using. Okay. And, Lieutenant, just to backtrack real quick, the, the clips, were those in violation of the... Um, it appears that the magazine that was in the rifle actually used would be in violation of the SAFE Act as a high-capacity ammunition device. Um, the magazines that were with the other weapon don't appear to be so at this time. And can you elaborate how many um, casings those uh, clips hold and how many clips did he go through before? Um, I, I'm really not sure. It appears that the, the ones in the car were all 10-round or less magazines. Uh, but the the one that was used from appearances appears to at least be you know it would be in violation would be more than ten rounds. Was he just firing into the, into the building? Is that what you think? Or? There are different uh, reports that some shots were fired into the air, but there were certainly, you know, the, the front of the building was bullet riddled. The windows were shot out. We know a vehicle windows were shot out that was parked close by. So. He was uh, he was spraying rounds. There's no question. Did he say anything? To anybody Potentially else? shot the victim. I'm sorry. Did, did he, he say anything? Close was going on. Did anybody hear anything? Uh, that I I don't know. I don't know. Those are you know those that will come from the statements that we get from witnesses later. And again, we have to protect the integrity of the investigation. So even if he did make statements, we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, report on those at this time. It's not too often that we see you out at a scene. What was going through your head when? You heard the radio call here in your office, or you got the news that this is going on. Yeah, I'm usually behind the desk, which is a pretty safe place to be. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, when when something like this happens, you know, it, it just you just kick into high gear. I've been doing this for 30 years, so you know, we've we've all seen everyone up here have have been part of critical incidents throughout their careers. So you you just go on autopilot, and you know, I'm thinking, you know how many people are hurt and you know I'm worried about uh, my officers responding and getting there safely and being okay uh, but as I'm going there uh, I know our guys are gonna handle it and I know they're gonna handle it well and, and they did so I, I never concern myself with that uh, these officers are incredible who work in the Chief Tawaga Police Department and we've demonstrated it time and again and uh, yesterday was was the rule, not the exception. So uh, yeah, what goes through my head is, I hope everybody's okay, and they're going to get the job done. And they did. Before we wrap up, can we get everybody's name, spelling of their names? Spoke? Yeah, I'll let go right down the line, guys. Tony, start with you. You okay? can speak. Yeah, okay. go ahead. <laughs> uh, Anthony Filipski, F I. L I P S K I. Lieutenant? Yes. Assistant Chief Jim Sparta. 
Uh, Lieutenant Thomas Gerace, G-E-R-A-C-E. -E. And Captain Michael Isbrandt, I-S-B-R-A-N-D-T. Could you spell your last name again for me, Captain? Sure, it's I-S-B-R-A-N-D-T. Yeah, that is, uh, we've kind of confirmed that, that he had only recently been staying there, that he's a, a former resident of Buffalo and just recently uh, had been staying there with family. So, yeah, he's not a longtime resident there at all. Is that mom's apartment? Uh, yeah, we're not going to, yeah, we uh, <laughs> avoid that, witnesses and such. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.